Yeah. Uh, two-tone, the podcast, it's the livest. Every week we talking about them Tennessee Titans. Better tune in, this the podcast you want. Hosted by my big homie, Ryan Morland. Mariota throwing bombs, he don't ever miss. Malcolm Butler hold it down with the pick six. Talking stats and plays, what's happening? Derrick Henry, Adoree Jackson, this where we get it cracking. Yeah, Tennessee Titans podcast. Two-tone, ayy, tune in. You're listening to Two-Tone Uncensored. I, of course, am your host, Ryan Moreland. Not a very good week for the Titans. In fact, one of the worst weekends that I've ever experienced as a Titan fan. Uh, So let's just jump right into it. First of all, Titans lose 20-27 to Miami in the longest game ever played in the Super Bowl era. Um, but we'll get more into the, the length and how that played a factor in this game later on. Let's start with what went wrong. Because there was a lot that went wrong. Some of it we could control. Some of it was out of our hands. First off, no defensive penetration. Throughout this game, and I was tweeting during the game. Uh, I know I interacted with quite a few people uh, on Twitter, on Facebook, um, and some people texting me uh about you know how, there was just no defensive penetration we weren't getting in the backfield we weren't making plays we weren't putting pressure on Tannehill we weren't you know getting a uh, solid plays against the rush attack until much later in the game um you know f- you know we'll talk about Frank Gore in a little bit but we made him look 22 and Frank Gore's you know 75 in football years only had two quarterback hits and one sack in this game uh, and that was really a big reason why Tannehill had the success that he had against us. You know, it would have been a lot worse had it not been for some people in our in our secondary really ste- stepping up and playing really uh, good games. But we had no defensive penetration. Um, before we move on to, I'm I'm working over a cold right now, so I apologize in advance about the way my voice sounds. Uh, I'm trying to get through this this cold, so. Um, so thanks for putting up with it. But let's move on here. The front seven got bullied. You know, th- this goes back to what I was just saying. Uh, in the rush attack, especially early in this game, there was no answer for it. That one drive that Miami had when they scored their first touchdown, they ran pretty much every single play down the, down the field and scored a touchdown with relative ease because there was just no stopping the run. And in... Tennessee didn't have an answer for it. And I think, you know, we're going to see that change when we get guys like Rashawn Evans um, in the lineup. You know, him being out was definitely uh, definitely something that hurt our defense. Harold Landry being another one that was also out. So I think those problems will start to fix themselves a little bit once we get playmakers onto the field. But it was not a good look so far here in week one. Frank Gore, we allowed him to have nine carries for 61 yards. Um, he was the only back or for the the um, Dolphins that had over 3.5 yards per carry. You know, it's a six point, I believe, 6.8 yards per carry. We we can't let a guy gouge us like that. And and luckily they went to Frank Gore less and less as the game went on. I don't know if that was part of their plan or not, uh, because I think they could have even furthered their lead or gave us less opportunities to catch back up um, if they had left him in. We did a really poor job at starting or stopping Frank Gore, excuse me. Poor refing. The, the refereeing in this game was awful. Uh, let's just take a look at the big ones. 
The no call on the crackback on Luan, um, which resulted in Luan getting a concussion, which we'll talk about later, definitely should have been a call there. That is an illegal move. It's something that the NFL has been trying to, to you know, crack down on more, and a very bad no call there. Um, Derrick Henry runs for that 62-yard touchdown. They called a hold on Delaney Walker. Well, first off, if you watch that play, Delaney Walker didn't hold anybody. There was no hold there to be seen. But what did happen was illegal use of hands to the face against Delaney Walker, which went uncalled, and it definitely should have been called. It's something that it should have been at least offsetting penalties, but I didn't even see a holding call there to be made against Delaney Walker. Really bad call there. But this um, referees, these this group of referees, this crew, Titans are something like 7-8 and eight all time when this crew's on the field, including our last four straight we've lost. This crew, every time we play against this crew, we lose football games. I think this is something the NFL needs to start looking into. Um, I'm not saying that there's collusion or, or something like that, but there was quite a few plays. Another one that people have been arguing, and I'm not as huge on this one, but when Marcus got hit and got hurt, Marcus Mariota said himself he thought it was late and low, um, and it should have been called and wasn't called. I don't really agree with that. I don't think it should have been called, uh, but I'm a more of a, like, a defensive-minded guy. I don't mind that hit. Um, you know, I don't like that our, our starting quarterback got hurt, but I don't mind the hit. I don't think it was an illegal or nasty or, or you know over-the-top hit. But that brings up two guys were injured because of questionable calls by the Miami Dolphins, by questionable hits by the Miami Dolphins. Um, and, and, you know, obviously playing uh, four or what was it, seven hours is, is a part of that. And we'll get touch on that a little bit later. But definitely something the NFL should look into. Um, Marcus did not play well. He did early in the game. I'll give him that. And he really looked good early in this game at different points. Finding targets, you know, getting the ball out quick. He had a couple drop passes that ended drives that weren't his fault. You know, that pass that he had to Taewon Taylor in the end zone was a well-thrown ball, and he put it where only Taewon could get it, and the play wasn't made. That's not on Marcus. That was a very well-thrown ball. Um, the link between him and Corey Davis was not very good. Like, it was, I think Davis had 13 targets for six catches. That's less than 50% of his targets he caught. You know, that was something that really stuck out in this game is the the link between Davis and Mariota didn't seem like it was there. Uh, it started off well, and then it crumbled pretty quickly. Um, obviously, the injuries were sustained, but I'll talk more about that later. Uh, Adoree Jackson looked terrible in coverage. Throughout this game, he struggled in coverage. That three-step slant, gets Adoree Jackson every single time. That's an eight-yard gain on Adoree Jackson every single time. That's a problem. That's something that he has to work at and get better. Now, this is a guy that, you know, a lot of people were really high on him last year, and he did perform very well, but he's a guy that's going to struggle in coverage for a little bit. And I said this when we drafted him, that he's athletically, he's unreal, but he's a guy that's going to struggle for a little bit to, to acclimate himself to get at the end of the NFL game because it's not he's, he's a raw talent kind of guy. He has all the athletic ability in the world. He's just hes not there. He's not a polished defensive back. So it'll take him a while to get there, but I noticed that, especially early in this game, he got beat quite a few times. Uh, broken tackles early was another big problem. Even when we did get some pressure in the running game, there was always the first guy there was a broken tackle. And that, that was something that I noticed throughout the game. Um, 
Compton was awful. Yeah, I saw him get blown by quite a few times on tackles. I noticed Adoree Jackson throwing some ankle biters out there that you know he got blown by a couple times. As a whole, this defense did not look good at tackling in this game, something we've had a problem with for quite some time. Um, what went right? Deion Lewis looked great. In his first action with the Tennessee Titans, 16 carries, 75 yards, and a touchdown. It's a 4.7 yards per carry average. He also added quite a few yards in the air. Um, he, absolutely the bright spot of our offense this week was Deion Lewis. So that that was something to be look like to look forward to. He also he had 49 snaps in this game. Uh, Derrick Henry had 20. So you know it might be something to keep an eye on the snap cap between these two players because most people, myself included, would have figured that uh, Deion Lewis would be getting. Um, you know the the second team or the second uh, reps, the clear number two running back, but he was the clear number one after week one. Um, this one's not a lot. Not a lot of people have been talking about this, and it's not going to get talked about a lot. But especially with the Delaney Walker injury, I thought I'd bring it up. Luke Stalker looked great in this game. Uh, you know, young tight end. He had a, a lot of good blocks. Um, he's a he's a hell of a blocker. Not known to be a guy that will torch you through the air, but he was two for two for thirty seven yards in this game. You know, both times that we called on him, he came up with big plays. And the one was underthrown, and he used his body to box out the uh, the defender and get the catch. And the other one was a decently thrown ball, and he reached out and snagged it. Uh, two pretty solid catches. He looked really good. So I'm excited to see what we use him, what mix we use him. Uh, moving forward with him, obviously, John A. Smith, too. Uh, Butler and Vicaro with interceptions. So two guys we added on, in, in the offseason came up big for this this week. Um, uh, Butler, Micah Butler's interception was just disgusting. It was nasty. I mean, he just stole that guy's soul. One-on-one, uh, -on -one, they threw the, like, the, uh, the soft pass to the end zone, just getting air under it, and Butler just straight dogged him for the ball. Um, and if it wasn't for you know the turf monster, it probably would have been a pick six because he was taking it uh, back to the house. So that was a really impressive play. The other one with Kenny Vaccaro, um, not as impressive, but still a really solid play. An overthrown ball that he played well, used his body to, to keep the defender out of the way, get the interception, and a nice play there. So added talent in our secondary came up big for us in this game. Uh, Darius Jennings with that kick return, you know, desperately needed points there if we wanted to stay in the game. Obviously, we ultimately lost, but it comes up with a huge play with a 94-yard kick return for a touchdown. That, that was absolutely huge. That was very big. As a whole, our returning kick returning and punt returning played very, very well in this game. Uh, we averaged like 65 yards on per return on kicks, something like that. And on punts, you know, Dory Jackson looked good. Um, uh, I think it was Rashad Matthews returned one. The, the, we looked good. A return game as a whole went for something that was always a problem for the Tennessee Titans to something that we have – it's a very real strength for us right now. So very proud of what they were able to accomplish, especially on the, the touchdown. They put us back in the game and gave us a real shot at coming back. Uh, speaking of special teams, Suckup and Kern both played well. Suckup was two for two. Uh, you know, he looked really good in this game. Um, and Kern, four punts, all four of them ended up inside of the 20. And just to show you, 
how impressive that was in this game. The Dolphins punter had also four punts. Zero of them stayed inside of the 20. So Brett Kern, a guy that we've known you know, the last couple years, especially last year, really separated himself as the best punter in all of football. He, he showed it again this week. Had a very impressive week. And I know it's not something that you, you, know, you really want to talk about how awesome he was and how many times he had to punt in this game. Uh, but it is something that really people underestimate how much effect a punter can have in a football game. And Kern is one hell of a punter. Um, Jack Conklin and Taylor Lewan. Jack Conklin didn't play anything in this game. Taylor Lewan uh, was out pretty early after that crack back hit uh, knocked him out. Did not play. So both of our bookend tackles, our all-pro level tackles, are out. Zero sacks given up in this game. So very impressed with what the backup um, the offensive tackles were able to do in this game. Dennis Kelly, of course, we've known for a while, has been a very consistent backup since he came to Tennessee. Um, yeah, I was really impressed with, the, with what this offensive line was able to do throughout this game, uh, especially after you know losing Lawan. You don't have Conklin in. And throughout the entire game, we played very well. Uh, the rushing attack was working for most of the game. Uh, other than like the beginning of the game when Lawan was in, where we had some problems, but we went with Dion Lewis and Rodin, and he had a very good game, and that was uh, a large part to do with how this offensive line did. So hats off to those guys that are backups that did a good job. So there was there were some good things to take away from this game. It wasn't all bad, even though you know we play in this ultra long game, which was awful, with the two very long weather delays, seven hours and eight minutes. And I firmly believe that those, you know, did not help with the injury problems, even though I think also some illegal hits from the Miami Dolphins led to some issues there as well. So let's go ahead and talk about that. Delaney Walker dislocated his ankle. Uh, also a fracture went along with that. He's likely done for this season. Uh, it would very much surprise me if we see Delaney Walker anymore this year. Uh, it was a gruesome injury for those who did watch the football game and caught it. it, it it's hard to watch. It wasn't a, was one of those that makes you cringe. And, and losing a guy like Delaney Walker that has been, ever since he got to Tennessee, a true leader on and off the field for this Titans team is devastating uh, for this football team. But luckily, you know, drafting last year, that's why you always have backups. With, uh, with Jonu Smith, I'm excited to see him play a bigger role. Uh, Luke Stalker. I think we have some guys that can make some plays for us at the tight end position, but it does look like Walker is done for the season. Uh, Mariota saying he couldn't feel his fingers or grip the ball after he was hit. Uh, he's being evaluated. Um, you know, our head coach Mike Vrabel has been talking about. You know, we'll go day to day. We'll look at it and make sure. So, you know, moving forward to next weekend, will he play or not? I would assume so. I would assume that this is, you know, it's just like you hit that funny bone, you hit that nerve, and it just shuts your hand down for a little bit. Those never really last a long time. So I think it'd be kind of surprising, unless there's something they're not telling us. Uh, I think it'd be surprising to see Marcus not start next week. Uh, but you never know. You know, I, I have no inside information on this. This is just my guess. I have no inside information, like I said, so I couldn't tell you for sure, but it would surprise me if he wasn't starting. Luan's out with a concussion. will be day-to-day, so not sure if he's going to be back next week. Um, I'm really hoping so, but you can't rush a concussion. You have to wait until they're ready to go. But, you know, next week we play a team that has 
a good a good um, pass rush. So having your all pro left tackle in there is obviously something you want to have happen. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. And concussion is not anything that you can mess around with in today's NFL. So let's go take a look at. Uh, before we do that, actually, I just want to uh, say. Um, there's still hope. This season's not over. The season didn't end in week one. I know we lost Delaney Walker. I know Marcus didn't look good. And, you know, he was supposed to come back and look good because we got new coaches and we got a new offensive coordinator. And look what he did with Jared Goff and Matt Ryan. And I know, I understand that it was one bad game. Um, one of those interceptions because you couldn't really feel the ball. One of them was just a bad, badly thrown pass. The offense was out of sync, but it's a new system. You know, there there was some things to like about this game. I understand where you're all coming from, but the season's not over. This was week one. There's plenty of football left, and this Tennessee Titans team has a lot of talent on its roster. This has to work on getting guys healthy, getting guys in the scheme, um, and figuring out how to get this offense moving. It's a matter of time. It's, a, it's definitely a matter of when, not if. So just hold on. I promise it's going to get better. This isn't the end of the year. Uh, after this one football game. Uh, but let's head to around the AFC South. Look what everybody in our division did this week. Jacksonville Jaguars held out, held on to beat the New York football Giants 20-15. to uh, And uh, what ended up being a lot closer than I think a lot of people expected in that game. Uh, Jags were the only team in the AFC South to notch a win this week. Next week, Jacksonville will host the New England Patriots. Um, so a game that probably is going to have a large impact on shaping the AFC as a whole next week. Something to definitely look out for. Uh, Houston cannot complete the comeback on the Patriots. Lose 20-27. to uh, In this game, Watson looked really poor. We're going to talk about that later when we preview uh, next week's game. Because obviously we play the Texans at home next week. Uh, but Watson did not look good. The defense showed up but was not enough to stop Tom Brady and company. And uh, they end up getting out with the victory. And then the Colts let the Bengals come back in the fourth quarter to end up losing 34-23. to This was an interesting game because for a while it looked like the Colts had this under control. And in the fourth quarter, the, the Cincinnati Bengals just took off. Had a great fourth quarter um, and ended up getting the win. So... There's another reason why this season isn't over. Jacksonville's one game ahead of us right now. Everybody else in the division's tied with us. You know, this is a division that's likely going to produce two playoff teams. You know, we're going to have somebody in the wild card most likely with the talent that Tennessee has, with the talent that Houston has, and the talent that Jacksonville has. There's likely going to be two teams heading to uh, the playoffs. So no reason to lose hope yet. It's still early in the year. Uh, obviously the Colts next week heading to Washington to play the Redskins. So let's look at this Titans-Texans uh, game. The first big question, who's going to be available? Is LeJuan going to be playing next week? I would put odds on no. Is Mariota? I would put odds on yes. Um, obviously we know Delaney Walker's not going to be back next week. Now some of these other guys that are listed as questionable, Dory Jackson... Uh, Rashawn Evans, Jack Conklin, these guys that have set out this week, Harold Landry is another one. Are we going to see them? You know, we haven't seen a, at this time at least, we have not seen uh, an inactive list or projected inactive list. So I don't have much to go on right now. 
But hopefully we can get a lot of guys back. It's not panic time yet where we have to force people to come back in time. It's it's definitely not panic time. It's only week two. Um, but if the guys are like are there, are ready to go, we could definitely use them in what is going to be uh, you know, a matchup that is going to be tough. Um, Watson last week, like I said, did not look good. 17 for 34, so putting him right at 50%. 176 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, he even blamed himself for the loss, saying that he did not have the energy coming out. He didn't feel good about the way he played at all. Um, and I, I think that was obvious by the way he played. He did not look good in this game. He also had a fumble. He, he was a guy that did not protect the football. And, and obviously, the last time we, he played the Tennessee Titans, as much as we all hate to remember it, he dominated us. 57-14 to 14 was the final score in that game. And what was just a really ugly game from start to finish... So it's going to be important for us uh, to not let him run around, to not let him extend plays. I thought the the Patriots did a good job of that in this game. Ended up with three sacks as a team on Watson. Um, Lamar Miller had a 98-yard performance on 20 carries. That's something we need to watch out for. We need to be able to shut down Lamar Miller. Make Watson beat us. Make Watson force him into situations where he has to throw. And the fact that they don't really have a lot of wide receiver talent right now outside of um, DeAndre Hopkins due to injuries is really going to help us out because this is a team that is going to not have a lot of options. We can afford to double cover Hopkins for most, if not all, of the game because of that. Um, so also defensively, when we're on defense... Shut down the running game, force them to pass, force the ball into Watson's hands, make him make mistakes, and that's going to be a big part of the game. With the secondary that we have this year, I don't think it's going to be an issue. Uh, being able to force him into a couple mistakes in this game, we just have to capitalize that on the other side of the football. Uh, and let's look at that here. The Honey Badger looked really good in this game, a fumble recovery and an interception. He, he played an absolutely great game against, um, you know, likely the best quarterback to ever play the game in Tom Brady. Their pass rush could be a problem. They had two sacks in this game uh, with five quarterback hits. Uh, with both tackles possibly not playing in this game, that could be a problem for us. You know, if Conklin and uh, Lawan don't play this week, that could be a very big problem for us. Now, like I was saying, our, our backups did great last week. But it's not like the Miami Dolphins have the same front seven that the Texans do. You know, there's no J.J. Watt on that Dolphins team. Uh, Jadavion Clowney's talented as well. There's guys that can make plays, Whitney Merciless, on that front seven that we need to be able to watch out for. Um, it's something that we're going to be have to take advantage of the one weakness that they do have on the defense, and that's their corners. Um, the Honey Badger obviously playing safety over the top and come down in a box a lot, plays that hybrid kind of safety. He's a talented guy. The front seven has a lot of talented guys. The corners are where we're going to make our money. That is where we're going to be able to take advantage of this football team. So we need to be able to get guys in space. We need to be able to get guys open. I expect if we're going to win this game, I expect Corey Davis to have a big game. If we're going to win this game, I expect Taewon Taylor to have a big game. We're going to need guys, Rashard Matthews, all these guys, we're going to need big plays from them to take advantage of the secondary, which makes it even more scary if Marcus does not play. Uh, Blaine Gabbert didn't have a terrible game. 
You know, he came out, he threw like right at, I think, 50% completion percentage, had one interception, no touchdowns. He wasn't terrible. The one interception he threw was really bad. Um, you have to admit that. But as a backup for a backup, it wasn't a terrible performance. You know, it's better than we would have gotten out of Matt Castle. He got some, you know, he moved the ball down the field here and there. So it wasn't overall like a bad performance from him. It's it's just not the guy you want to run out there starting. Marcus is still that guy. And I know a lot of people are down on Marcus, and, and I'll address that later. But he's not the guy that you want out there, Scabbert. So hopefully Marcus is healthy. Um, we don't want another game that's 57-14. to 14. So we need to have Marcus out there, Marcus healthy. We need to be able to get Derrick Henry mixed in more this this week. I thought the interior of the offensive line, that was their one weakness, was they were letting guys get through and bust through. Um, and Derrick Henry was facing a lot of, you know, a lot of guys in the backfield. I remember one play where he had three broken tackles for a one-yard gain. You know, we can't allow that kind of stuff to happen. We have to be a lot more physical up front, be able to push these guys out of the way, make some holes for Derrick Henry. Because if you give Derrick Henry... If he doesn't get hit until three yards after the line of scrimmage, that's a six-yard gain. That's all we need is those three yards. It's a six-yard gain with Derrick Henry. As big and as physical, as powerful as he is, people are not going to be able to stop him. Even even if you do, he's going to fall forward, and the dude is like 6'3". I mean, he's a big guy. That's a lot of room. That's a lot of extra yardage when, when all things considered. So we need to be able to get him in more. I think we need to be able to work the ball around more than we did and go off play action more than we did in this game. It was something against the Dolphins I thought we did not do nearly enough was run play action. And when we did, there was plenty of time. There was pockets that Marcus was setting in that, you know, I if you listen to the show, you know that I do this. I count. I like to count a lot. Count one, two, three, four. If you get the four Mississippi after the ball snapped, it's on the quarterback. It's the quarterback's fault he got sacked after that. Those times that Marcus had six seconds, which is an eternity in the pocket in an NFL uh, game. After running those little um, those little sweep kind of play-action plays. And those work great for us. I want to see Marcus on the bootleg more. I want to see us get the ball around. Move it around. There's no... Reason why we shouldn't. There's no stars in this wide receiving core, especially with no Delaney Walker at tight end. There's no stars. I, I think Corey Davis has the potential to be, but he's not right now. So move that ball around. Get Taewon involved. Get Matthews involved. Get um, everybody. Get Corey Davis involved. Deion Lewis should be a big part of the passing game like he was last week. If we can do that and we spread the ball around a lot, this defensive back unit is not strong outside of the honey badger it's not a a unit that's going to blow you away we can take advantage of their corners we just have to be able to get out there throw accurate passes and put pressure on them one more thing is the big play potential we did take some shots which i liked in this game um i don't like that we didn't take the points early and went for it early in this game i felt like that you know was a big momentum uh Big momentum shift. I don't like that. Take the points, especially early in a football game. No reason not to uh, get out to an early lead. Um, and we decided not to do that, which which I disagreed with. And if you look late in this game, 
if we would have taken the points, we could have forced the issue and tried for a touchdown to try to win that game at the end of the game. We would have had an extra opportunity. Because we didn't take the points, we didn't get that extra opportunity. Instead, of, instead we settled for a field goal uh, with, like, what, 11 seconds left and let them have the ball. If we had gotten that the gotten the points earlier in that game gotten the three points we would have had the opportunity to win if we could get a, a touchdown so you know or tie the game at least if we would have got a touchdown so th- that's something that I had a problem with we should have taken the points there so go after the big play don't get too gutsy and you know try to use this team's weaknesses against itself force Watson to make plays against you force the cornerbacks to make plays uh, up on our wide receivers and we could easily come out with a win here. This is going to be a tough opponent. It's not going to be a walk in the park. Houston has some very key pieces on their offense. You know, you're talking about one of the best defensive linemen to ever play the football game in J.J. Watt. Um, one of the best wide receivers in football right now in DeAndre Hopkins. Um, you know, I, I'm not sold on uh, Watson, and I haven't been. If you listen to me on other shows and look at my writing, I, I said I think he's in store for a sophomore slump. Um, but... He is a guy that had like a lot of success before getting injured last year. Uh, Whitney Merciless, um, Brian Cushing. This is a team that has a lot. The Honey Badger has a lot of talent. So it's not going to be a walk in the park, but we also have a lot of talent on our team too. We just got to be able to use it and get guys on the field that can make some plays for us. Um, having Marcus back is a big part of that though. And we still don't know where that stands as of right now, but I would hazard a guess that Marcus is going to be on the field. If I was betting on it, I would bet for Marcus playing in this football game. Uh, And let's talk about Marcus Mariota real quick. So everybody's down on Marcus now. Uh, Did not have a great season last year. We all know that. Came into this game, threw an interception, um, and then gets that injury, throws another interception that was really bad. You know, obviously not feeling the football. And now everybody's down on him. He got hurt again. He's, he's throwing interceptions. He doesn't look comfortable. Look early in this game. Marcus looked good. He was striking well, firing the ball out fast. And the only problem he was facing was dropped balls from wide receivers. Delaney dropped one he should have been able to catch. Um, Davis dropped one that should have been an easy catch. Taewon Taylor, it wasn't an easy catch, but dropped one in the end zone. Where Marcus threw a very good football. Without those drops, you know, it could have easily been... A 14-point swing in our favor without a couple of those drops. He is not a guy right now in his career that's going to light the world on fire. You know, he's not a guy like Aaron Rodgers, speaking of that, you know, Sunday night game last night. He's not an Aaron Rodgers, but he is a guy that is more than just a game manager. He's a guy that can add a lot to your team and put you in a position to win football games. And we've shown it many times in his career before. The problem is I think the confidence is not there right now. He, you know, he's, he's thinking too much. He, he's not just going out there and playing the game. Um, and another problem is the lack of talent that we have. You know, right now with no Delaney Walker, Corey Davis is likely the most talented playmaker that we have on offense outside of our running backs. That's not a great like, place to be in. You know, we, we have... Guys that, you know, I, we have a lot of promise in that we like. You know, I think as, as a Titans group, we really, really like Taewon Taylor, but he hasn't shown much yet in football games. We really like, uh, you know, Rashad, or Rashad Matthews, and he has shown stuff in games, but it's been a while. We like Corey Davis, but outside of that one playoff game, 
I, he hasn't scored a touchdown yet. You know, we have a lot of guys that have a lot of what-ifs. You know, we really like them, but they haven't really shown out for us yet. So that's going to be something to keep your eye on. Can playmakers step up and help Marcus? Because um, I don't think everybody, you know, I see a lot of people on Twitter and Facebook and have reached out to me directly and said it's time for a new quarterback. Or and now it's this time to, um, it's time right now we should just kill the season right now. We should just lose out come back and, and draft a quarterback early next year. That's not what time it is. It was a very bad game. It, Given how long it took, the injuries we sustained, the final product, it was terrible. One of the worst Sundays I've ever had as a Tennessee Titan. But it's week one. It's not the end of the season. Like, step off the chair, pull the noose off of the rafters. It's not time to kill the season. It's not time to lose out to try to get Nick Bosa or try to get a quarterback. That's not what it is. It, you know, that's not what time it is. This is a team that still can compete. And I think they're going to prove that to you over the coming weeks. It's not going to be easy. This should have been a win for us. And it's going to be hard to face that it's not. Because I don't think this Miami Dolphins team is that talented. I don't think they're going to finish with a good record. So it's something that's going to be hard to swallow. Especially if it ends up coming into play when we're deciding, you know, do we have a shot at the playoffs or not. <clears throat> but winning this week is huge. Winning this week put gives us a leg up not only in the AFC, um, you know, gets us back on the right track, but within our division is huge. Winning games in your division is huge. The reason that we were in the playoffs last year is we we went five and one in our division, and we didn't play well outside of our division, but we played well inside of it, and that was enough. So if Tennessee can do that again, play well inside of the division then we can be a playoff team again. And, and I think that that is definitely the case. We just have to we have to win next week. Or not have to, but we have to play well. We have to come back. We've got to get guys healthy back on the field, start getting it out to playmakers and, and make a difference and try to turn this season around. And it's definitely not too late. Even losing next week, it's not too late. You know, Plenty of teams have started 0-2 and made the playoffs. It's, it's not that big of a deal. Um but we just gotta we gotta go out there and do it. So you know, calm down. Marcus isn't done as a football player. The Titans aren't done as a football team. We'll we'll get back there. We'll, you know, just calm down. Have a little bit of faith. You know, let me let me talk you off the ledge real quick. It's not over yet. We have a, a team coming up this week that is beatable if we play the right style of football and if we take advantage. Of you know advantage of the opportunities that we get in the football team. And there's another thing that we did not do against the Dolphins that we got to do. With turnovers we had to take advantage of. You know mistakes by their team we got to take advantage of. So that's it. You know this look everything that bad that happened in this game we lost by seven. We lost by seven points. We lost our, our left tackle, our best playmaker on offense, our. Uh, quarterback for a while we lost all of that and weather delays and all this and bad officiating and we lost by seven that's pretty impressive all things considered you know do you know another team that would have went in there and lost their left tackle lost their quarterback and lost their best playmaker on offense and got a touchdown taken away from them that shouldn't have been taken away from them and got bad calls throughout the game and would have won because there's not many teams out there that would have done it. I'll give you there's a few, but there's not many. You know, we had we faced an uphill battle pretty much from kickoff up until the final whistle, and we only lost by seven. 
You know, we're not going to have another game that lasts seven hours this year. Oh, uh, Jesus Christ, I hope not. We're not going to have another week where we lose three stars like that. You know, so this is going to be not football-wise, not team-wise, the hardest week that we'll have all season, but it very well could be um, off, you know, non-football-related, the hardest week that we've ever had. You know, and, and it's something that we can look at and be like, look, everything went wrong. And we lost by seven. You know, so let's get back out there. And if everything, if a couple things go right, we win. So that's the attitude we have to have right now. And But the season's not over. If, if anything from this episode connects with you, that's what should uh, be it. The season is not over. Marcus's career is not over. Don't go burning jerseys. Don't go jumping teams. It's not over. The Titans still have a chance. You just got to have a little faith and wait. We'll have to see how things play out. Um, But that's it. That's all that I have for this week. Looking forward to this Texans matchup coming up. Hopefully we can get uh, uh, Taylor Lewan and Marcus Mariota, as well as some of these other guys um, that missed this week back in this game. You know, shout out to Delaney Walker. Hopefully back next season and ready to go. Hopefully this isn't his last year that we see him. Um, you know, devastating injury, and he's always been a class act and one of the great titans of of this era. So, you know, definitely devastating to lose him, but hopefully we'll see him next year back in a Titans uniform and ready to play. And, and hopefully we still see him on sidelines each and every week, um, helping this young team, helping these young tight ends uh, take over. So. Keep having faith. Don't give up on this team just yet. Let's go fuck up the Texans. Fuck up Watson. And let's get a W next week. Tighten up. Yeah. Uh. Tone, the podcast, it's the livest. Every week we talking about them Tennessee Titans. Better tune in, it's the podcast you want. Hosted by my big homie, Ryan Morland. Mariota throwing bombs, he don't ever miss. Malcolm Butler hold it down with the pick six. Talking stats and plays, what's happening? Derrick Henry, Dory Jackson, this where we get it cracking. Yeah, Tennessee Titans podcast. Two Tone, ayy. Tune in.